Hello, everybody, and welcome to week 17 of Stat Chasing, the only week that matters. It's week 17, and we are finally here. Got a couple exciting sweats and best ball tournaments to discuss. Uh, both Connor and I have some bullets left in Best Ball Mania and FFPC's best ball tournament. And we're also going to talk some strategy for playoff best ball and rip a couple drafts on there. But uh, yeah, Connor, uh, let's, let's start with you. Do you want to uh, talk through your, your sweat you have going in uh, week 17 on FFPC? Yeah, yeah. Um, I should say, yeah, before I start, I think there's something strange with your uh, audio. Um, okay. It's a little echoey. Um, Got it. I'll try. I'll try to fix that. You can. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll chat about my. Yeah. Uh, so, um, obviously, at the light of the two teams into the finals, um, the way I'm trying to approach it mentally is, hey, once you get into the finals, it's just it's a random DFS sweat, right? Um, getting there is uh, is as as much as there is skill in the game that that's that's the part that uh that's the that's the part that i guess you've gotten over a hurdle you've given yourself a chance to win um so really really happy with that and uh, like you uh, one of my two teams was a uh, derrick henry team so really yeah uh, cool. probably more accurate to say one and a half teams left um, yeah the Derek Henry thing, I mean, I guess we should have predicted that uh, week 17 would be mean, meaningless for the Texans. I mean, for the Titans. The Titans. Um, God, yeah, that's, that, that, that's that's just a run bad. And, yeah. and what makes the run bad even worse is that my other team has, um, who should be the backup for uh, for Derek Henry and Dontrell Hilliard, but he's on IOR, so he doesn't even benefit. Oh, that's, yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Derrick Henry stuff, I don't know, like, I guess he's not officially inactive yet, so I've been holding out the slightest bit of hope, but all the reporting says he's inactive. He's yeah, definitely. every all the news breakers and news hounds have said, yeah, he's yeah. not going to play. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just lying to myself at this point and holding on to that uh, that 5% chance. But, yeah, anyways, we should have set it up a little bit more. You you won this tournament last year. Um, for That's the true. I, I don't I just assume that every I repeat it so often. I just assume that everybody <laughs> knows at this point. And um, but yeah, I won the tournament last year. Um, the team I had last year was like, uh, kind of like a, a suit, probably the best team I ever drafted in my life. And um, I had uh, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and um, Devin Singletary, uh, Sony Michelle, both like in the top five for running back scoring in playoffs last year. Yeah, that's uh, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, Justin Jefferson, Mark Andrews, uh, and, and and then a bunch of like other guys that were also useful. Um uh, AJ Brown as well uh, chipped in a little bit. But yeah. the he had uh, a couple of big uh, playoff weeks, if I remember right, like week sixteen or something last year. Yeah, th- these teams like so last year last year's team scored 200 above 200 points like every single week and these have been 195ers and it kind of feels like i've been a little bit lucky to get the 195ers and a couple more injuries the uh, the depth picks aren't as uh interesting and but 
one thing that I, I do think is interesting. So they're both uh, Pat Mahomes, uh, Kelsey Sachs. Uh, sorry, sorry, do you have? Could you uh, screen share your team? Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be cool uh, to, so... to check out what you have going. Not to get you off. Share screen. So yeah, I, I've got the ownership here, um, just okay. that to be helpful. Um, oh, that's cool. Um, so the team on the left—that's probably the, the the more likely team now that I do think is live. So both teams are uh, Pat Mahomes, um, Kelsey Stacks, and there is only I, I had. So I, what I had a uh, obviously these are among the the chalkier players. So like fourteen percent Kelsey, which isn't too high, but it is is no. pretty high. Seventeen percent then Pat Mahomes, and and it, I suppose I should say it does help with the lower count. That uh, th- that means there's only eleven other Mahomes teams, nine other Kelsey teams, and there's only two. Uh, there's only two. Um, actually, uh, that that's not mine. So I I have it. There's only six Mahomes and Kelsey teams. Mm-hmm. in the in the finals so just having that stack I, I, what made that stack difficult was you needed uh mahomes to get back to you uh late in the sixth for that adp to work out yeah and um, and what it, it strikes me as just just kind of like getting some decent values on um on your early picks it, it, even into the going into this final, where I've got some higher ownership players, in combination they're not like uh, there's only three Kelsey Mahomes Saquon teams, and obviously if if all three of those guys went off, that would be really helpful for me, uh, in terms of putting up points. But then it, it wouldn't push up. Um, I guess there's only three other te- uh, two other teams that would have all three of those players. Um, so to, yeah, that that does show to me like the um, the the value of getting good ADP value early in drafts when you get into these spots is is, is super helpful. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good point. It's not all about just the individual ownerships. Another another thing I think that's interesting with this team is you had both Kelsey and Kittle, and I guess going bully tight end is a little bit more common in in FFPC than it would be. Yeah, yeah. So this this is a very um, this is a very FFPC driven thing. So I, I actually I wrote a blueprint um on on how to attack this tournament in the offseason. And one of the biggest points that I tried to make was uh, people kind of going to the uh the tight end premium format just systematically underestimate just how much tight end firepower you need. So yeah, I um took Kelsey was happy to take I think I got a George Kittle in there. I, I got a value on George Kittle. So happy happy to go double elite. And then even even when I have the double elite, still going to the third guy because um this this is a combin honestly this is a combination that shows just how valuable um those um those below performances can be. Um because the other point about FFPC is that uh, it's two flex so you literally I drafted three tight ends and they are all in my lineup and um really gave this team a, a helpful push. 
into it instead of last week. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, like an underdog, if you draft three tight ends, you're you're obviously dead to have them all in your right. lineup at once. Um, here it can work out. I I also w- like would assume that people who draft an elite tight end in the first two rounds that they generally like shy away from like, right. the one in the third and fourth. So I'd imagine that the Kittle, like when you looked at the combos, did you look at Kittle and Kelsey? So I've got a um, two. There's two Kelsey Kittle teams. Yeah. Because no. like, and both Neither those guys home too, which is unfortunate. But yeah, two kiddo Kelsey, that that's massive, right? Yeah, that's interesting because both those guys individually are what twenty percent, both like twenty and fifteen percent owned or something like that. So, uh, they've got fourteen percent for uh, Kelsey and twenty one percent for Kittle. but like you said, only one other team had them in combination. Yeah. Even though Kittle has been huge in the playoffs. And Kelsey has been helpful. Kelsey's clear league winner and helpful in the playoffs as well. Yeah. And and then the other thing I should say is um, it is only 63 teams in the final. So having a, having final entering tournaments where the final count is lower or the the, the, the tournament size is smaller can be very uh, helpful from that standpoint too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it looks like too. Just looking at looking at the team on the left in particular, I like the. I think like you have a lot of wide receivers here that are low owned, but still very much live to have right weeks. Hardman coming back is is pretty interesting. Claypool absolutely today. um. So maybe he can come back. Uh, but yeah. Uh, any other like low owned guys on, on your teams here that? You're, you're excited. It's probably the, the big uh, hopeful. We're yeah. 13%. So not particularly low owned, but given the uh, given the upside that he's he's capable of, and uh, definitely interesting. And um, happy, definitely happy to have Fort uh, DK Metcalf. And um, they're playing the Jets this week. Um, and hoping for a big game for the Seahawks. And maybe uh, maybe Tyler Lockett does play, but he. Uh, he, he's still second fiddle to Metcalf after taking a few weeks off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, cool. And, and last thing, so I noticed you have both both Mahomes teams here, but unless I'm missing something, not a ton of Denver bring. Oh, I guess the team on the right, you did have Edmonds and um, Dulcich as the Denver. Right, yeah. Well, Ed, Edmonds was a Dolphin when um, – and oh yeah, I, uh, I drafted <laughs> the team, and yeah. but I did have Dulcich, and you might like what? Why? Why didn't I do the the week seventeen bring back? Because we've all seen the memes on Twitter where it's like, oh well, it you can have Pat Mahomes and Kelsey in the final, but if you don't have Cortland Sutton on the way back, you're dead. <laughs> and so I am. I, I try to draft with as much correlation as I can, and but. The way I think about correlation as well is that you need the, the value still needs to be there. Yeah. Because like we talked about this, correlation is like it's like a points boost for your team. But if you're drafting at per values to begin with, then your point boost may not even take it up to uh uh the 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 same projection as uh as a non-correlated option. And I, I guess 
I had a general take. Not that I didn't draft Cortland Sutton or Judy at all. Um, I didn't, um, what you call it? I really did not go out of my way to draft them just because I, I honestly thought, especially towards the end, both of these are later drafted teams and that those guys were too expensive. So, um, I, I, and, and that's, that's one of those things where it's like a personal choice. Like best ball is not solved by any means. And, but the way I play, I want correlation, but I'm not going to take horrible values or what I think are, are, are bad values just just to, to get correlation. Yeah, I think that's fair. And um, I won't be able to cite the exact numbers here, but I know Hayden did some research this summer on like the bring back correlations and they are like a little bit weaker than I think the general hive mind uh, right. fantasy Twitter sphere thinks. Like certainly they exist, um, especially like wide receiver to opposing wide receiver, a quarterback to opposing yeah. wide receiver. But the other ones like quarterback to opposing running back or like running back to opposing tight end or stuff like that. Um, I saw a lot of people forcing that type of thing when, when sure, if it's at ADP, like, I don't think that hurts you right. going out. Um, but definitely not something that like, whereas the, the team, like the quarterback to his own team's wide receiver, I, I'm willing to reach like close to a round in ADP to, to do that, you know, especially once you get into the later rounds, because I think that's just so valuable, like the double right. from a single play. But some well, of the especially in these tournament things, like yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example of where I did reach um, for a stack. So I I got um, just from memory, I got about a round and a half on Joe Burrow of value, but I didn't have T Higgins or Jamar Chase. And then I was like, okay, well, if Joe Burrow is winning me the money, then somebody has to score the points from him, and. And those two guys are gone. So I, I, I reached about a round and a half on Tyler Bide just because I'm like, I'm, I'm, I, yeah. I have to. Like, auto, this is the only way where to win equity uh, makes sense here. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, cool. Anything else you wanted to, to note on your teams here? And also, is my audio? Yeah. Solid? Yeah. You're sounding good now for sure. Right. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I think I covered kind of the, the points that I wanted to. And maybe I've gotten the rich. I'm probably irrationally cheering on Jameson Williams, uh, given that uh, he's uh, he's on that, yeah. uh, that left team. Like, I'm just praying every week that his snap count goes up. He's getting these deep targets and he, he's scoring bombs. But probably not going to happen. But that's, uh, that's something where I'm like, I'm going to be cheering for it. Yeah, it's weird how they're still – he's still behind Reynolds and Raymond. Like, I I didn't expect him to get a full role at any point this year necessarily, but I did expect him at least to be hovering, you know, in that 50 to 70% route rates range. And he's got eight snaps a game – or eight routes a game, that type of thing. So, it's kind of – I have reflected a little bit on that where if it feels like – well, it's he's a rookie that missed all the training camp. And what, like half the season, more than half the season. And so he's just starting off so behind. Yeah. And like he has to learn all these new concepts. And and even though like he's clearly one of their better players, they can't play him because he hasn't practiced the playbook enough. So that that's a uh, that's definitely gonna be something that I remember for uh, uh future years on that kind yeah. of like ACL stuff or, or longer term injuries. 
Yeah, I think that's that's fair. I think we have seen it break other ways historically. Like that, the Odell is always the outlier example that comes to mind there, where he missed a huge stretch of time. Right. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't ACL. It wasn't that serious though. So I, I think there is a difference there, and in, in that type of you know surgery and long recovery. I think Odell's injury was like a hamstring pull or something. Right. Yeah. And um, he did have something of a training camp. Like he yeah. had like rookie yeah. mini day and all that sort of stuff. Whereas um. And JMO did not. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let me pull up um, my best ball team. So I was able to sneak through two teams into best ball mania three. Oh, congrats, by the way. Getting two BBMs into the final is huge. Like, yeah. Like, I, I got two out of 10,000. You got two out of 460,000. <laughs> like, that's that's really, really good. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Are you able to see the? No, I got to add it to the stream. Um, okay. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I was really excited about it last year. So I kind of just got into best ball last year. I fired like I think seventy-ish bullets on best ball mania. Um, gotten zero through the finals, which is kind of what you'd expect. Right. Uh, That'd be your expectation. Yeah. So I did. I did the math um, on a one fifty max this year. You would expect to get just. 0.15 teams uh, yeah. through the final. So like one out of every eight, no, uh, six or seven people that 150 max would expect to get a team to a final. So that's just to like put it in context of how low like odds this game that we all play is. Like right. it's still a lottery just to even get one team through to the finals, even if you want 50 max. So um, I, I certainly got some lucky breaks here. Uh, the team on the left only scored 145 points and made it through the finals. Um, so, you know, you got to you gotta take some good luck where you can right. get it. Um, but anyways, on these teams here, um, I guess starting with the team on the left, this is a team where I actually was able to, like, dig up my thoughts on when I drafted it because it was a underdog uh, cardio club team that I drafted and, and tweeted about. And it was drafted, I think, August 18th or something in, in mid-August. And I was really heavy on the one, like the elite quarterback strategy this year. I had a ton of Hurts, ton of uh, Lamar Jackson, ton, ton of Kyler Murray, all those guys I was scooping up. Here I got boxed out of elite quarterback, not really on purpose, but a lot of them went earlier than expected. So when that happened to me this year, I tried as best as I could to find sort of the mid or late round quarterbacks that still had upside. And Lawrence was a guy that I was all over this year, not only because he was cheap, but because the Jags pass catchers were extremely cheap. Um, Kirk, I think maybe was like a seventh or eighth round pick, but um, the other guys, Zay, Evan Ingram, um, if you wanted to get Marvin Jones, all those guys were basically free. So that's what helped this team survive. I took Lawrence, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. Zay and Evan Ingram had huge games to close out the year. Uh, that helped me at advance um, and also have CMC Fournette for some upside at running back. So, you know, this team, it doesn't really have any like true league winners. When you look at it, like maybe AJ Brown, you could argue, or, you know, CMC obviously had a good year, but not like completely smashing expectations. It's just kind of every one of these picks has got me some points throughout the year. Um, even even yeah, Mary, a very healthy squad. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Mariota's going to have a massive game in week 17. Uh, he's, I think he, like him and Chris Evans across both these teams. Well, I guess Derrick Henry now too. Those are the only three dead players across both of these teams. I'm pretty sure. So I like that. Just the fact that I have 30, I don't know, 32 out of 36 or whatever players, um, like healthy, uh, across both my teams. That's really helpful. Yeah. yeah. But one of the things that from my teams was that. They're carrying some injuries, and yeah. so having having everybody healthy is huge. Yeah, the Derek and the, so the team on the right. This is more of like a, I guess the team on the left is kind of more anchor-ish RB, um, and team on the right is more, um, somewhat almost not robust RB. But I took three running backs in the first five rounds. I think I took Henry in one, Connor in three, and Dobbins in five. Um, kind of a weird draft. I also took two quarterbacks pretty early and then kind of just played the volume game at both wide receiver and tight end. Um, the T I, I did take lamb, uh, in the second. So I have some sort of elite talent there, but the wide receivers kind of on both these t- teams, to be honest, are like kind of wide receiver by committee teams. Like I have both CD lamb and AJ Brown. And then just a bunch of guys who have stayed healthy and have had spike weeks. I guess, sorry, Waddle too on the team on the right has been huge. But besides that, it's just kind of a mishmash of guys who have been okay this year. Um, so I'm hoping things break right. And, you know, maybe I can get a big Traylon Burks or Adam Thielen or, you know, Drake London game uh, to close out the season. Yeah, that makes sense. And and one thing that I uh, I had a talk when you are talking about uh, – how hard it is and, and, and the, the size of the final. I I really do think that um people should be thinking about uh, entry size a lot more. Like I, I think the under, the underdog interface is great. And BBM is a, a, a really fun tournament. And, um, but, and, and I guess they don't release the, uh, the lower entry, higher dollar amount and um, until later in the off season. But, I think that a lot more people should be looking at those because I see a lot of uh, I, I I see a lot of people upset that they that they didn't get to the final. So there's some tilt, and uh, very understandable because you you got a lot riding on it. It's emotional, but I do think that uh, the sweat can be funner because, for example, they my pod in uh, for the BBTs. In the semifinal, it was twelve teams and top three out of twelve, and uh, yeah. make it. So even if you got that monster team that's scoring way more points than everyone else, and you still have a good score, you're still more likely to go true than that. Uh, uh, one out of ten. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I do I do think that's that's like a takeaway, and um, that I kind of want to bang the drum on a little bit. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I think I'll always play bbm and get close to maxing it just because it's fun like it's kind of something everyone it's fun. the interface is great yeah the um, big prize is is excellent yeah exactly but i i'm with you and i and i feel like what i struggled with this year is that the alternative tournaments are either like higher like really high stakes or really low stakes like the sorry the smaller field tournaments i guess are 
either really high stakes or like the puppy and Pomeranians, which are like $5 and less. And like, I don't know, the, the best ball drafts take a lot of time. And for me to sink like an hour into a draft where the, I'm only spending $5 in the entry. Like, I, I don't know. That doesn't quite do it for me, but I also. No, I get it for sure. I'd also I, done I, I'm something on the, on the high stakes stuff. And I, 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 I split a lot of entries. So, yeah. um, even though I had a lot of winnings from last year to kind of like push back into F, FFPC, it still made more sense for me to co-draft. So instead of $125 hit, it's a 60, 175 or whatever. Um, 62, or whatever. And uh, 6275. And, um, and how do I say, uh, that 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 was a way for me to like make yeah. the, the entry closer to the, what I wanted so I could do the draft the amount of drafting that I wanted. And yeah. and that reminds me actually I I haven't I drafted a the, the bulldog and uh, actually not the bulldog the, yeah it was the bulldog um where that was five hundred dollars and but I, I I did think I did three of those but split like ten ways and one one of the ones that I did with the ETR guys um or etr subscribers i should say yeah and um, that's actually in the final um oh that's cool um it's it's 20 grand up, up, up top split 10 ways so it's not a uh, not as <laughs> exciting to talk about um but that um to me th- those are ways that people can reduce their variance essentially yeah that makes sense um cool i wanted to bring up david's point on the the Eagles getting back to, to week 17 again. Uh, David has an, a Hertzless Eagle stack, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard fighting me in the final. I think that's that's really interesting to have all those Eagles. Um, I think Smith is quite high owned, but AJ Brown is, well, I guess AJ Brown is as well at 19%. Goddard's down there at 6%. I think that's interesting. I, I was like so pumped to have this Jalen Hurts team sneak through because I was like, oh, he's put up a zero in week 16, he's going to be like sub 8% owned in the final. I'm going to have like a leverage Jalen Hurts and then flip over the cards this week. And I see he's at 22% owned, even with the zero in, in week 16. So I guess that just shows like how insane his season was. He obviously had a a massive week in the first round of the best ball playoffs. So he probably was at an insane ownership to begin with. And I guess enough teams, you know, scrapped by with some other QB two. Um, yeah, and, and, and the, the quarterback scoring was really flat last week as well, right? Yeah, it was like, pretty was flat. Who really took the top off. And then the guys in the QB2 range were in and around. They weren't They weren't too far off. They I thought a lot of teams might have just been eliminated by just having zeros at quarterback because at this point in the year, I think there's only like 60% of the original starters are still starting by now. Like I had right. I had three Philadelphia teams in the semis that were dead because I had a Philly New Orleans team with Jameis done. I had a Philly um uh Tennessee team with Tannehill that was done. Some other one that I'm blanking on right now, but um that was really frustrating where I had these like juggernaut Philly teams that were just cooked because Hertz was out and the QB twos I drafted were out too. Um so Anyways, that's just how it goes. Tough to predict that type of thing. Um, but uh, definitely interesting that Hurts still carries this massive ownership, which is making me question, like, I think I almost want him to 
sit. It de- obviously depends how well Dak does tonight. But if Dak is a big game tonight, I I want Hurts to sit because if twenty two percent of teams have him, like it doesn't really help me that much if he has right. a big game. Um, so we'll see on that one. That that reminds me actually, my uh, my my uh, Derrick Henry team has um, AJ Brown, Smith, and Quez, and hmm. um. When I was drafting it, I was a little bit like, "Oh, is this like should I should I be taking this eagle stack without this like rushing quarterback?" So what like it, it is that smart? And I I think in my takeaway has kind of been in smaller tournaments where you have a great quarterback otherwise that it it, it can still be pretty viable. And um, yeah, that that makes sense. Um... Okay, cool. I want to make sure we get to some playoff best ball stuff. Um, right. People are probably tired of talking about our team. So let's let's talk through – before we jump into the drafts, let's um, talk through, as we always do here, um, some, some hard data on stat chasing. So what I put together here on this chart – and again, I guess broader context. We're talking now about underdog playoff best ball drafts. If you haven't checked them out, you definitely should. Um, underdog fantasy – you're essentially drafting best ball teams now um, for the real playoffs, not the fantasy playoffs. So you have to draft a team that will advance in each round from the wild card weekend, divisional round, championship weekend to Super Bowl. And you want to get enough points in each of those rounds to advance and then get a team to the Super Bowl that has, you know, five plus players on it. So you can fill out a lineup uh, and maximize your chances of scoring there. So, so what I did here on this chart, um, I wanted to look at individual teams' odds of making the playoffs and chances of making the Super Bowl. And to do that, I looked at two sources. Um, 538 has a model. Uh, and I also just looked at DraftKings uh, Sportsbook and kind of averaged the two of them to get to these percentages on the top here because uh, there's some differences between you know 538 and, and what DraftKings thinks. Uh, and then I wanted to look at how many players on the underdog drafts are going um in the top 20 top 40 and top 60 of adp for each of these teams to see if we could identify are there some undervalued teams that have a high chance of making the super bowl that no one is drafting are there teams that have a low chance of making the super bowl that are getting overdrafted that type of thing um my, my main takeaway i was kind of stretching for takeaways here because the underdog market is smart um all the good teams are all their best players are getting drafted you know the shitty teams no one is drafting them you kind of expect that, but a couple of the biggest things I did notice um, was I think there are maybe four or five undervalued teams, um, starting with Baltimore, who is locked to make the playoffs, um, still like an 8% chance of making the Super Bowl, and nobody really wants to draft these guys. I think it obviously has to do with the Lamar Jackson FUD. Um, he's been injured for a while was kind of struggling even before his injury. But, you know, if you just trust the numbers, the betting markets, um, I think that's a decent team to stack up. Um, And then some lower owned teams, Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, and and Green Bay, which is maybe the biggest stretch of the three. But, you know, Tampa Bay and Jacksonville, both around 70, 75% chance to make the playoffs. Both those teams, if they make the playoffs, will be hosting – their first round game for the wild card weekend. So 
they should be, you know, decent odds in that game to win just virtue of just by virtue of having it be a home playoff game. And again, nobody wants to draft either of these teams. You can stack up, you know, all the Tampa Bay guys, maybe with Buffalo or KC on the other side, or you can stack up all the Jacksonville guys, maybe with, you know, Philadelphia or SF on the other side. And I think create some, some decent teams there. Um, so, so Sam, if you don't mind me asking, um, yeah, you, you've played the, uh, you've played, the, I haven't played these tournaments as much as you have. Um, yeah. But curious about uh, how you would approach a team like Baltimore, because I could see one way that I could see being super easy and clean is, hey, if I have a team, if my first team has a first round buy, I need points in that wildcard weekend. And it's probably a fair bet that someone like J.K. Dobbins is going to score a decent amount of points that will help you advance that round. Yeah. And I could see that being like a really clean way to play it. And you tell me if that's off. Um, but if you are like, are, are you willing to make a bet that um, the Ravens make it to the Super Bowl? Because like, I think that that's probably one of those things where um, it's why they're cheap. It's that kind of gut feeling of why they're cheap, where the, the numbers might suggest that it's probably higher probability than people are thinking. And, and, and is that how you would like approach it? That like, hey, the numbers say it's more likely than people are saying. I'm going to do it a greater percentage than the field. It might be a, a low percentage of your portfolio, but greater than the field. Is that how you? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I I, I don't want to go like 100% Baltimore, you know, something like that. Right. But- it's not going to be a high percentage. No, but it's it's definitely higher than the field. Like I don't know if you, if you can like I think Baltimore and like Minnesota are like a decent comp just in terms of like odds of making the Super Bowl, odds of winning the Super Bowl. Minnesota slightly better odds, but it's close, right? And Minnesota yeah. has two guys going in the top twenty, four guys going in the top forty. Baltimore has zero and one respectively for those categories. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like looking at that and saying, and you know, every draft obviously it's like it's contingent drafting where depending on who I draft in the first round, that determines whether right. Minnesota or Baltimore makes more sense, that type of thing. Like, you know, I'm not doing a full fade on Minnesota, anything like that, but just in general, I want to be pretty heavy. You know, these teams that the field is just completely ignoring because if Baltimore does make a Super Bowl run, which again, low likelihood, like markets and 538 have it at like eight ish percent chance. Like if they do, there's just not a lot of teams that are going, you know, Lamar, JK, Andrews, maybe Demarcus Robinson or something like that. So if you have that team, you know, in the final week, you're just such a massive um, favorite. So I think how, how you categorize like or how you characterize it is is similar to how, how I'm thinking about it. Like I want to have fun with these. I want to get exposure to like all different types of teams. But I'm, I'm sort of looking at this from a macro lens, like looking at this type of chart here to sort of um, think about how I want exposures to different teams um, based on this sort of like valuing. And so my other question w- would be is, um, how do you think about it in terms of like, say the Ravens are uh, not a high octane offense, fantasy football wise right now. Yeah. So let's say, you how how are you thinking of it as like the Ravens are a team that you almost have to drag true to the Super Bowl, or is it, it do you think that like you can make a bet that it concentrates enough and they score enough points 
that your Mark Andrews, J.K. Dobbins, and like you said, the the Marcus Robinson that <laughs> they 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 will because they would still have to compete with yeah. what four teams players um in the um in in the second last round and and more than that in the uh, in the divisionals. Yeah, I definitely I have thought about that again. I I try to think that like okay if like the Baltimore. Baltimore feels gross right now. Like it, it's a gross. Claim. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I try to take the logical here. Like if they do make a Super Bowl run, like they're at least two or three of those guys, I think are going to hit my lineup every week. But I, I do think you raise a good point. Like a team like Cincinnati, I'm okay going with like six or maybe even seven Cincinnati guys. Maybe seven's a lot, but I'm fine with going five, six Cincinnati guys. For right. Baltimore, I'm probably going. JK, either JK or Gus, um, Lamar, Andrews, and just one other guy. Like, I, I think you do run the risk if you try to go five, six Baltimore players, like you might do with some of these other teams that you could just bust out because there's not going to be enough mouths to feed. Like, I think you do, right? Like, Baltimore, I think maybe the Giants are another one. Like, I think it's a, like, if you want to play the Giants to make the Super Bowl, I don't think that's crazy. Like, no one's doing that. And, like, I think doing it you know one or two times you're doing it more than the field is um but yeah if you're doing the giants like don't go crazy take jones barkley pick a wide receiver maybe pick two wide receivers but like call it at that like you don't want to over you know over right yeah I, I think that makes sense limiting the stock size with those teams is the is, is appropriate and yeah and then my other thing my other point was uh so with that, a, a Raven stack won somebody the Millie Maker uh, in DFS last year, like an ETR. Uh, so uh, won the Millie Maker, and it was because their uh, their pass rate over expectation just got flipped right on its head because they were dealing with injuries. And obviously, you can't predict that that's going to happen in the playoffs. But I think it is important to remember that we feel much more confidently. About how that we about how these games are going to go, than we should be. Like we are just getting constant reminders of the variance yeah. in football, and games can go way differently to what you can imagine. And you're only there's only a, like there's not that many games in the playoffs. There's what so there, it's 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 four uh, it's four four weeks right and um, yeah, but then like. Four four weeks of an NFL season has variance, but you're probably getting half the games of an it's it's two weeks of the NFL were the game. Yeah. And if I told you, hey, I know how these next two weeks are gonna go in the regular season, you tell me to go take a hike. Yeah. I was about to say something else there. Uh but <laughs> no, I totally agree. I think it's useful. You gotta like ADP matters to to some extent, right? But like, you gotta you gotta contingent based draft in these, and like you said, on like the variance, I'm trying to think about that with my last couple of picks, where like you see like okay, Tyler Boyd for Cincinnati is getting drafted like every time pretty much, but Hayden right. Hurst and Trenton Irwin are never getting drafted. Like I'm gonna probably break tiebreakers to Hurst over Boyd, or to right. like. I don't know, Russell Gage over Julio or, you know, that that's sort of a deeper one, but stuff like that. Like you got to look at like, okay, are we really that confident that 
um, you know, whoever it might be that Michael Gallup is better than T.Y. Hilton or something like that, or better than Noah Brown. Like try try to mix in some of those um, instead of always taking the Gallups, the Thielens, you know, those sort of guys. Like think about the one guy after that that could outscore them on a one game slate. Um, so if, with that said, why don't we just jump into some drafts and we can continue to talk strategy yeah. as we as we go through it. Um, I'm going to hop into a mitten here. Um, if anybody wants to draft along with us, um, these generally fill pretty quickly. And I will share it. One second. All right, draft is already starting in a minute. Um, so looks like we got, let's see, we got the one slot here. Um, so yeah, I've done a ton of these, Connor. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to defer to your guidance on this pick. But okay, yeah, I, I think like you can go a ton of ways here. Um, I think like, I think Buffalo and KC are still like, you know, we, we talked about Jacksonville and Baltimore. I still want a ton of exposure to, to you know, Buffalo and KC in these. I, I think like, I've been thinking, I don't want to overthink these a ton. Um, I have seen My digs. would be for Mahomes to be honest, but. Okay. Um, and just because uh, the, the Bills have this higher probability of uh, getting a first round by. Yeah. Um, I think that makes sense. Um, it's very close now. Bills, well, at least according to 538, Bills 46%, Chiefs 44 but um, they do, yeah, might as well break the tie there. Um, I like going, I like going Mahomes here. Oh, yeah. Also, it, it, it's uh, first round by 46 to 44. Yeah, that's, uh, honestly, that's much closer than, uh, than I thought. Yeah, I think it got closer... It, the Bills did have an edge. Uh, I don't really know what in the 538 model changed that. I guess I guess it was the Chiefs beating Seattle. They probably, you know, that was probably more of a toss-up. Um, and then once right. the Chiefs beat, now the Chiefs only have to beat, um, let's see, Denver and Las Vegas, whereas the Bills have Cincinnati, that's a tough game, and then potentially a really motivated New England team that has – I bet the, uh, the ELO for ref. Uh, for Cincinnati has been going up quite a bit as well. Oh yeah. I think I mean not a month amount, but enough. So okay. Um let's think through this. So on the KC side, Kelsey goes. Um yeah. Juju and McKinnon are the next two guys by ADP. I think we should get my hunch would be to go for one of them unless like a really clean, like, you know, both CD and Pollard are available or something like that. Okay. Like really. Clean. Um, just because I don't want to get boxed out of KC guys, KC guys, but let's see, we might get lucky with Dallas here. Um, Who did uh, B Tucker take in the first? Oh Yeah. 
let's see. I should have the draft board open. Uh, he does go CD. Okay. Um, so it's Smit or Juju then, basically. Yeah. Um, I like I like going something like Juju and then Devont. Uh, I think that let me play for a KC um, Philly. Yeah, Super Bowl. I like that. Okay. Yeah, the thing that's interesting. So, like, I've thought about this. Like, what if you know? What if Casey and Philly both get the one seed and both those teams make it to the Super Bowl? Like, how do you build a team? Right. That wins I, I I literally have the same thought. Um. So egos are ninety five percent to get the first round by. Am. Yeah. So if that happens, like obviously you want five players in the Super Bowl, so you got to do like, you know, two Chiefs, three Eagles, three Chiefs, two Eagles, something like that. But I think you would like again. We don't know if Casey's going to get the buy, so we don't necessarily have to draft like this now. But you would right. want to live it at just five, right? Because you want to be able to fill out a full starting lineup in Week One, because only one out one out of six of these teams in your pod advance in Week One. Right. Um, Got it. So it gets it gets kind of tricky. We're like, I think what you would do is like take three Chiefs, two Eagles, and then like just a bunch of like maybe one other stack. Like maybe you take like Lawrence and Kirk and Etienne, and then maybe just like two random like one offs and like <laughs> like you basically are just trying to build a lineup that can survive. Right. Uh, so it's basically 50-50 right now that the Chiefs get the yeah. Uh, first round buy or not so yeah should we we I, I think it's it's so binary they either get it or they don't should we play it as if they don't yeah or the thing is the thing is we got we got boxed out of like a lot of the kc and philly guys like we go okay um i think we should take goddard here that makes sense um, and then, then what I'm thinking is, we could set up. Did did Eckler already go? Um, hmm, this is tricky. This this is where like if I kind of get boxed out of like what I wanted to do, I consider just going for one of those low owned teams like Tampa, Green Bay, Jacksonville, and just take like all their best players. Um, I think we should take Pacheco here. And then maybe with our last five picks, we just go like all or like four Tampa players or like four Jacksonville players. Yeah. And that way we can play for either like a Jacksonville Philly Super Bowl or like a Tampa KC Super Bowl. Well, um, we spend so much time talking about the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. That, that team too. Um, I think that works. Um now, like you said, we do want to limit uh, stack size, but um, yeah. they should be on our radar. I would have suggested the Chargers, too, but Eckler... Oh, someone took Herbert already, too. Um, I think he just went. Yeah. Yeah, so someone 
tone tone G is setting up a nice Philly uh, Chargers stack. I think that's a that's a clean way to do it. Um, that's a thing that like you know this this KC Philly stack like it didn't totally go our way. Like McKinnon got sniped earlier than we wanted to. Sanders, you know, there's a chance he could have lasted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still want to take stabs like at at building that. And then when you see like another team scooping up all those players. I think you just kind of have to like, sure. If we could, you know, win if Casey and Philly are in the Super Bowl and like we get this combination of players, but like, I don't know. At this point, I mean, like, we're going, out, we're going out a team with that Super Bowl, but I think we pivot to an NFC team here. Yeah, I, I would be inclined to either probably go Green Bay or Tampa. Do you have a lean on on which of those two teams? And, They're like. Just for the odds, they're similar odds to make it to the Super Bowl ish, but Tampa has much higher odds of um, actually making the playoffs. And kind of neither team is really getting drafted, but Tampa's getting drafted more. Okay. And I'll let you make a call on this pick because there's 10 seconds. All right. Let's go with Tampa. Um, We can go Godwin. And then all these, the rest of these guys are similar. I like securing. What about Mike Evans? And then nobody can take Brady. Yeah, I like that. And then I don't have a strong preference between Fournette and and Rashad. I think that's like a coin flip, really. Right. Mm -hmm. And Fournette does have the injury to Liz Frank that he was complaining about. Yeah. Yeah, that's I didn't I saw that and I didn't quite know how to read that. Like it the way so he worded it, it, it sounds to me as if it's like a pain and load management injury. And yeah. that's why he's like, Yeah, stop giving out to me for not scoring many points. I'm like I'm playing for an injury here. Um but he's he obviously is still getting a uh, a nice opportunity share or solid opportunity share, I should say. And yeah. but if uh, if they're at all close, I I would in ADP and stuff. I would lean towards the guy who doesn't have the injury. Yeah, and there's even a world where we take both because we only have one running back right now. And I I think in this format, like we're betting heavy on Tampa just advancing. Like it's not terrible just to take both guys. We've seen a lot of times historically. Like I think even with Tampa on their Super Bowl run, like um, Fournette and Jones both had usable weeks. You know, I remember in San Francisco's playoff runs, you know, Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert alternated like massive weeks back to back. Like, I think it's okay to to go double running back if if there's not a better pick. Um, right. I I yeah I I hear what you're saying. Yeah, um, but let's you, see. Well, I mean, we also have that. Uh, we we talk about um, Evans and Godwin. So we do want Brady, right? Yeah, no, I think we do want we do want Brady here. Um, I think we should go Brady, and then let's see. Like this team is desperate for running back points, so just a one off wouldn't be terrible necessarily. But I think we should break the tiebreaker towards a Tampa running back of some kind because, like, if Barkley yeah. was here, I would say we should go Barkley. But like. Um, I don't think Dobbins, Etienne, 
necessarily project better than these Tampa guys. So um, yeah, I, I'd be good for White. Okay, let's go White. I, I've I've been going with Fournette, so it makes sense just to switch up my my preferences here because I think it's it's a toss up. So right. Um, let's go White, and then we'll have one pick. So what we have here, um. We're still alive in a KC Philly. Like, there's a world where you know both KC and Philly get the bye, and Tampa goes off against Dallas in the first week and keeps us alive for that scenario. Yeah. Or Tampa just goes all the way, and we have a Tampa KC rematch. Um, here's where I wonder if, like, <clears throat> like could a team of five Tampa players advance? in the first week or like do we need to like take a one-off from another team that's what i'm trying to think through like i guess if they just completely smash like that's possible but it it seems like if you're trying to get a team like if we're if we're playing for this kc philly super bowl and we're trying to get a team through round one that we should like take um, one it, is what's um what's that smaller running back not miles sanders the this the other guy uh Gainwell, Gainwell, did yeah. did didn't um didn't didn't wasn't there an announcement about the third running back, Scott Boston Scott, yeah. he was either inactive or he's injured. Barely see. Um, I I missed that. Um, I think Gain Gainwell Gainwell is in play there. The thing I'll say is, if we take Gainwell, that means we've taken six KC and Philly players, which I think is okay because. Oh, okay. Bye. But it, it leaves us one roster spot short if both those teams get the bye. See what I'm saying? Okay. Um. So what I'm thinking is like I think we've kind of built this team for. What about Derrick Henry? If 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 yeah. you're, if you're worried about uh, around one points. Yeah, but they're only a 24 chance to make the playoffs now. Um, are they? Yeah, they're low. Because they just so are they really that big of underdogs for uh, um to beat Jacksonville? Because yeah. they only have to beat them, yeah. right? Um, they are seventy four Jacksonville. We have four seconds left. Um, all right. Shit. So he's looking at odds. Um, I think that was I think that was a fine pick. Um, I think we bet like we bet heavy on Tampa Bay if they make a run. We've already seen the last several weeks that like Fournette and Rashad White have had offsetting week so i think that's that's fine um maybe could have come to a better pick if um I th let's see let's look at this team um titans 27 yeah it's pretty low so they, they, they the 538 really think that uh um the jags are much better down the titans yeah you want to do one more of these? I think I got time sure. for one more. All right. Okay. I like uh, Andrew in the chat says we're just missing uh, Sammy Watkins to complete the, the Raven stack. <laughs> yeah. I think Sammy Watkins is the skeleton key to uh, playoff best ball. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's how uh, Davis Matic breaks even, finally. <laughs> I did think for a second he was going to have a game last week. I, I think he had a big, like, 40-yard catch early in the game, and 
I was thinking of Davis, um, you know, making advancing like 10 teams to the finals based on that play, but uh, I guess it didn't quite work out. So, um, uh, Miles Sanders was eliminated with a knee injury. So, wrong, uh, wrong running back. Well, Sanders was hurt. Okay. Um, yeah, I I think I think Gainwell is an interesting pick. I have taken him a few times where I've done like Hertz, AJ Brown, Gainwell, and then stacked up a bunch of AFC teams on their side because someone right. like Sanders. I also think what's interesting about Gainwell is he's the passing down back, and Philly has had so many games this year where they've just been like up twenty eight to zero at halftime or whatever. And, like, we haven't really seen game scripts where Gainwell would come into play. He's, like, the hurry-up guy, two-minute offense right. guy. I wonder in the playoffs if they're pushed. Um, I think they do trust him more than than Sanders in those situations. So uh, maybe he has, like, a little bit of hidden upside just based on <clears throat> based on game script that we haven't really seen yet. And he could just break one as well. Yeah. Okay. Is he rapid often? He's let's see his eighty. I don't think so. He's fifty-seven point seven, which I think means not drafted often. Um, drafted, oh, yeah. not drafted often. Okay, yeah, not drafted often. All right, we got Chris in here at the three spot. Um, so we gotta watch out for snipes. CG is gonna tell, show us how to build a, a KC stack. I think. <laughs> I mean, I don't get why Hertz is falling in these. I think. It's just the the Hertz AJ Brown stack is kind of too too sexy to pass up on. What do you think? Okay. Like I I get the first round buy thing, but it's like what really matters is Super Bowl odds. Like I don't care about my advance rate in round one of this tournament. And if you're able to sneak those Eagles teams through, you just have such a massive edge, like starting with the second round. So so uh, one thing that I've seen, uh, and you tell me if this is true or not, because Hertz is like that ter- third or fourth quarterback taken, um, there will be lots of teams with ego stacks because it's more like attainable. Um, yeah. If that's the case, then you do want to be thoughtful. And how how do you be different than the other ego stacks? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um. And I think, again, like, not to keep going back to these Baltimore-Jacksonville-type teams, but... They're the scouting key to best yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think we should take A.J. Brown there. Um, yeah, happy with that. But, yeah, that is a good point. I, I think, um, like, in how, in how... Like, generally how I try to approach these tournaments is, like, I, I obviously in an ideal world, you would stack up like Eagles and, you know, either the Chiefs or the Bills, like whatever team doesn't get the buy. And that would be like the best way to build in theory. But the ADP reflects that. So it's really hard to get, you know, elite pieces on both the Eagles and one of these highly sought AFC teams. So once I sort of like get, box out of that in drafts i've been more quickly pivoting to like the chargers or the jags or the ravens and just scooping up all the best players in those teams rather than saying oh i'm going to try to do 
like the Philly Cincy Super Bowl with like Samaj P. Ryan and Hayden Hurst on Cincinnati. Like, sure, that 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 could win. Like, I'm not saying I would do that zero percent of the time, but I think I would rather have the best try to get the best players on both teams because someone will have that room where all the Bengals players fall and they are able to get Philly since you know, all the best players together. So um, speaking of that, uh, we'll see what this next pick does. Um, but I do, I am looking at Cincinnati here. Oh, I was going to say Cincinnati with both Nick. Well, why don't we take uh, Devonta Smith? Yeah, I think we should take Smith. I was going to say, like, with both Higgins and Mixon available, I was excited about maybe trying to grab both those guys and hope um, the, this guy in the sixth spot doesn't snipe us, but I don't think that's worth it anymore with, with Higgins gone. Um, I like Smith here, and then I think – well, let's let's give this guy so, a chance. Um, I saw that Chris uh, – he went Mahomes – but then he dropped it, uh, Steph Diggs. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So you're kind of guaranteed that one of your top two picks, one of your first two picks won't be in the Super Bowl. Guaranteed off the bat. Yeah. I think that can work if, like, I think I would I would break the tie and go with like an NFC player. I think here we should go with and try to set up a Chargers team. What do you think? Cool. Yep, good for All me. Right. We could do like Eagles. That's how and... you differentiate your Eagle stocks? You go with the proper Chargers. <laughs> we could do the Chargers, and then we could tack on either like the Ravens or yeah, I like that Jags late. Well, yeah, the, I think the Ravens and um, the Chargers are like good combos because it's they, they can't they well they definitely can't play each other in the first round. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think that I'd rather. Yeah, that's a good point. I would, I would, if we can get a bunch of Ravens players, I would rather do that than Jacks Jacksonville because Chargers Jacksonville is possible. right. Round one, I think. Chargers have they have that. So we were talking about this. The five seed plays the uh, the four seed, and if Jacksonville are in, they're the four seed, and the Chargers are one game behind the Ravens, and they have the tiebreaker. So there's a decent probability that yeah. they yeah uh, could be that. So Herbert, Herbert does go, um, and Keenan Allen went which is a little annoying, but we can still get Mike Williams. We could tack on someone like Palmer or someone super late. Uh, right. I like going Mike Williams here and then grabbing Lamar at the next pick, I think, is what I would ideally do. Okay. Um, I, I wonder if we should take Lamar now. What's this team going to do? Oh, no, he's setting up a Minnesota stack. He's probably going to take Cousins. Um. Let's take Mike Williams. Uh, Lamar's a pick by ADP. Let's go Lamar and then hope okay. we can get Mike Williams. Um, I don't think this guy would have taken Lamar, but... What's that? What's the draft board look like for him? Yeah, he's going with the Minnesota KC stack, so I'm guessing he takes Cousins here. 
Um, right. Okay. But then he's got another pick. I'm guessing this pick will be Cousins. Yeah, that's so that's an interesting team. See, I think this is a good KC Minnesota team here. Cousins, Jefferson, Cook, and then Kelsey, Juju, Pacheco. That that feels pretty live um, in that scenario. Um, the, the Vikings so, uh, are a team that's pretty easy to to stack up. Um, Jefferson as, expensive, but as things stand, the five and six seed wouldn't play each other until the uh, the title game. The AFC Championship. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is what the Ravens and the Chargers will be. Yeah. So they won't play each other until the last possible, if they made it true. That's yeah, that's a good thing to think about. I, I made the mistake early on of not thinking through the matchups. And I one of the first mitten teams I did like a couple weeks ago was Dallas Tampa Bay. That's about the worst one you can do because that's the most likely first round matchup. The, re- the rest of them now, it's still, like, pretty uncertain who is playing who. But you can, like, you can rule out some scenarios at least. So um. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I definitely think that's something that takes work. And anything that takes a little bit of work is going to be an edge. Yeah. Because I, I know the, the underdog user base is sharp. It, it's really sharp. But I don't think it's, uh, it's checking that as, yeah. as much as they should be. Okay, so we got... Um, we'll have a chance at Andrews barring a snipe here. Um, I did see Chris. Chris commented on his strategy with the dig, saying I did want to talk about that because I think it's interesting. But let's take Andrews. What Chris said is the the strategy for taking digs is for the AFC Championship. Um, thinks KC Buffalo is most likely to advance there. I I think that's um. I think that's fine. Um, like, again, I think, like, generally how I would have – and I'll have to go back to the draft board, but instead of taking digs, I would lean towards taking, like, a Jefferson, a C.D. Lamb, an A.J. Brown, like someone from the opposite conference. But it's possible all those guys were gone. Um, I think, like, I try not to judge teams' rosters too much after the first three rounds. Like, I think you can take three different teams in your first three picks and, like, still make it work. Um, so we'll see at the end uh, how Chris's story is coming together. Here, here we have an interesting one, um, Connor. Where, like, we have Dobbins um, available, but I do wonder if Barkley is just a Saquon is like a nice. Uh, but I, I also think that we do we not have we have a lot of players now that are in the uh, uh, that will be in the first round. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think we should. Go yeah, we shouldn't be too worried about first round points. I guess I think we should go Dobbins because he he's coming up pretty close on ADP too. Because well, my my rationale there was, um, so obviously Saquon was a value, but the teams that don't have the first round buys and 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 our uh, wild cards, they uh, they don't get home games, and so it's much harder for them to uh, to advance through. And so, yeah. if if we took three wildcard teams, that 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 would that would be difficult. To, there would be yeah a lot of attrition there as we go through the rounds. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> I do think like if sometimes I'm just stacking two teams, like I'm totally fine going a random one-off Barkley, no other Giants, just because like I think he's going to project so well in, in round mm-hmm. one, and like running back points are 
are hard to come by, especially if you take a running back on like the Eagles or, you know, Chiefs and Bills and that team gets the bye. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the way we set this up, it, it made sense to go Dobbins there. Right. Um, especially we have Eckler too. Yeah. So here we could go. Hmm. Let's see. So Chargers guys. Palmer goes. We have Everett, DeAndre Carter on Baltimore. We have DeMarcus, um, Gus Edwards, Sammy Watkins. We could also go Gainwell. That's not totally. What about Quez? Quez. We do have Quez and Gain. Let's throw Gainwell on here. Who do you want out of these guys? <laughs> it's a shit show. Um, Garbage. Yeah, I would say yeah, uh, uh, probably Gainwell. Okay. Uh, all right, we got Gerald Everett, but I think we'll be able to get Gainwell. Um, yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah. It's weird. Like, I don't really get what's going on with Gerald Everett's role um, for the Chargers, but um, it seems like it's been on the decline. But he's obviously like he's still out there enough. Uh, right. He's not dead to help us. Um, and he's never getting drafted. So back to the uniqueness point. Let's go Gainwell here. So we'll have four Philly guys, three Baltimore, and four. Wait, how does that math work? Four, four, and three. No, sorry, four, three, and three. Okay. Yeah. Certainly think this is a, as we talked about, a unique Philly stack. Um, this has a decent amount of players that do not get drafted. Um, Chargers, Everett, um, Gainwell, and right. then also not many people stacking up Baltimore. So I think this is an interesting way. Yeah. I, I I think we achieved the mission, so to speak. Yeah. I would I want to quickly look at um before we sign off here. Oh wait, that's the last draft. No, why isn't this? There we go. I want to take a look at some other teams. So, Chris. Um, Is that your alarm? Yeah. <laughs> I got to run in a second. Chris went. Um, case, so, he went for the KC and Philly route as well, I think. Mahomes, Diggs, Sanders, Goddard, um McKinnon, and then a bunch of some other tertiary KC guys. Right. Um, also has the Tampa route in play. And then I took Diggs and Singletary for the AFC Championship game. Um, I think that's good. Like, if you're if you're consolidated on two teams per conference, you're live for having the, the championship game, right? So I think that that is a fine way to play. Chris won the first tournament, so... He obviously yeah. knows what he's doing. I trust him. Um, yeah. But it was something that I thought was curious. Um, yeah. And it's like you, said, you can take three different players, and if you consolidate against around all of those different teams, it's you're still drafting close to optimally. Yeah, for sure. Um, feel gnarly, who I think was watching along in the chat. I think it was Neil. Oh, um, yeah, that, that sounds right. We talked about his team, but he has a nice Minnesota KC team going. 
tax on some some Jacks guys late um, that I think keeps the the Minnesota Jacksonville Super Bowl also in play. Um, I like this team as well. Um, cool. All right, that was fun. Um, I I got to run, guys, but uh, thanks for joining. It's fun talking through Week 17 sweats. Um, best of luck to to everyone who's in best ball tournaments um, that that finish next week. Uh, yeah, it's been a fun ride, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, I got nothing nothing to plug. Um, take a little break from the content, but we'll be back with with more stat chasing stuff uh, probably next week, and we'll do some some stuff in the off season to be determined. Um, but yeah, Connor, anything to to talk about? Uh, send send some prayers my way. Yeah. That's that's the that's the only thing I, uh, that I'm gonna plug. Yeah, just some prayers. Um, <laughs> that's all we need. Send send your prayers to Stat Chasing, everyone. Uh, best of luck in week 17. We will see you next week. Yeah, best of luck. See you guys.